Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Medic Filter. Sit back, relax, and join me, Pre, and my buddy Sunny as we break down self-actualization, self-improvement, and what it means to be more than a medic. Let's jump into it. What's up, Sonny? How are we doing? Pretty well, pretty well. Look, again, 11.30. I, I don't <laughs> think we can find a reasonable hour to record anymore, Frisbee. <laughs> we, we tried 7 a.m. <laughs> I slept in. <laughs> I had some work to do in the morning. It, it's tough to find time, but it's good. I, I like the late night vibe. What do you reckon? Yeah, look, I, I think the late night, um, just the late night, it, 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 I think it, it makes way for more candid discussion on a podcast. And that's really what we're after. Uh, I think during the day we're kind of in between work and uh, in between things, but late night, it's kind of the last thing of our day. We just kind of give it our all and just hit the hay. So I like it. I enjoy this. It's it's the D&M vibe. You know, late night, the lighting is good. It's nighttime. Everyone's asleep. I feel really focused. So I prefer, prefer night. Yeah. 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 What have you been up to this week? This week has been, um, it's been quite hectic in the labs. Um, I've been, uh, starting off a lot of my um, a lot of my samples for my actual like data. So I'm finally, hopefully in the next two weeks, I'm going to start generating some data. Nice. Uh, also trying to um, get uh, one of my reviews published. So we're just polishing that up for a journal. Um, we'll see where that goes. Uh, still, still needs a bit of work on it. What about yourself, Prithvi? What have you Good been stuff. up to? Good stuff. Yeah. So I've had a bit of a more relaxed week, I'd say. So my highlights have been more recreational me kind of thing. So I got a new pair of glasses. Let me try putting it on for those of you see the, the video. So you got some clear rimmed glasses. So hopefully I work it decently. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a bit of research into colognes and perfumes. So I, I've fine-tuned and come down to three final options, which is Chanel, Blue de Chanel, YSLY, and I think Dior Sauvage was the other one. So I've been very much into the the hygiene, the self-grooming game this week. (laughs) Man, so this is a very different take on the last time we sat together. You were in between. (laughs) No, to be honest, I've been doing a lot lot as well outside. So I learned how to hand-tie a few more complex sutures for cardiac surgery, helped out with a few valve repairs in operating theater and the weekends I usually do my teaching. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. No, no, this is, this is good, man. You're grinding. So, so what's this episode about, Sonny? Tell us. So uh, like you said, this is something that I, uh, we were thinking about what, what would we going back, you know, with present knowledge, look back on first year and tell first year Prithvi and Sunny, like, what did we wish we knew going into university, going into med school, um, especially for those listeners of ours that are um, just in med school or in their early years of med school, maybe considering applying to med school or just any degree in general. These are some maybe transferable points that we wish we knew going in, um, but really encouraging everyone to take the make the most of their kind of early years of uni or just the uni experience in general. So yeah, I think this is that episode um, aptly called um, what we wish we knew going into first year. So yeah. 
100 um, percent. yeah so like the reason i even made a youtube channel two reasons keep myself accountable for free because people are watching and more importantly was in the past four years the amount of growth and perspective that i gained is insane and i really wish i knew those things three four years back so youtube was kind of my platform to communicate whatever i w- wish i could have done going back to first, second, third year, not just that, even for people in high school, even for people who are starting any uni degree, I feel there are universal themes that you can take on regardless of course that can help you, first of all, have a better quality time at uni and also achieve whatever ambitious goals you have in the process. Sure, for sure. And and, and you're right, Prithi, university is one of those, uh, it's those really interesting steps where, you go from, you're not really an adult, but neither are you a kid or a teenager anymore. You're very independent. You've got a lot of expectation on yourself to just, you know, keep yourself accountable in that, mm. you know, you have to stay up to date with your lectures. You have to stay up to date with this. But it's also that unique time where you get this weird freedom and exposure to the world like you never did before. Um, it, it, and for each person, it's such a unique experience. For some people, they thrive in it. For some people, it's quite jaunting and uh they don't know what to make sense of this new sense of freedom like they don't know how to make sense of it and um yeah like you said it's just what, such a unique time and i think having the most enriching experience and whatever that and whatever your sense of enrichment might be for some people it might just be a small close-knitted group of friends for some people it might be getting involved in every single society on the planet but it your sense of your 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 sense of what enrichment looks like that's what we're here to kind of harp on about i guess through this episode to really help you maximize that that university experience because you're not going to get another time like this for sure like you're not going to get a time like you were in high school nor are you going to get once you're done with uni you're going to be flooded with work and commitments you're not going to be able to have that freedom that you're going to experience now so yeah you're right it's such a unique time and it's so important to take advantage of it it's, it's one of those crazy, crazy times where your independence is multiplied by 10 coming out of high school. It's very offhanded. The pace of learning is much faster and the importance of doing well also changes significantly, where in some courses like medicine, it doesn't matter whether you get a high distinction or whether you pass the course, you're still guaranteed a job. So what does this mean for how you navigate through the first couple years until you graduate? And as an aside, this year has been a bit weird because I'm still at university, whereas every single one of my friends in a non-medicine course have already graduated. So it's really weird seeing the transitions in our stages of life, per se. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I, this I is no, no, by, by no means uh, end all to how to make the most out of uni. I feel like our listeners can also give us a couple of tips on how we can still make the most of uni while we're still here. Oh, for sure, and I think um, I think the the our listeners um, and and another thing is to realize that all, all the things we're really sharing here is stuff that we're reflecting on, and um, our listeners who are still early on in their degrees might have new ideas on how the the platform is changing. Um, I know I sound like a geriatric here, but like I feel like even first year uni has changed so much since we were there, Prithi. Like, my first year uni experience now doesn't look anything like what my first years, the first years I see come mm-hmm. through our university are going through. And I just mm-hmm. think um, 
maybe some of the perspectives we might offer whilst valid are still quite old and don't really sit. So we would definitely love to listen from even our um, younger viewers of what their first year uni experience is like now, or even if you're in year 12 about to get into um, uni next year, uh, we want to know what you guys are kind of expecting because maybe we're a bit out of the game for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) We're still pretty young. (laughs) We're not too old. (laughs) Right. We'll jump right into it. I guess, Sunny, did you want to start us off? Was there anything you wanted to to mention first about what you wish you knew if you could redo uni? I think going into first year uni, um, my, my, one of the first things that like, I, I always loved learning independently. Like I wasn't, I hated being told how to study something. I wanted to study it my way. And that was one thing I appreciated about uni in uni. We were never told, uh, how to study. It was just expected that you knew how to study. Um, Mm -hmm. But one thing I wish I knew going to uni was that just the format of teaching. Um, I don't think I fully understood uh, the concept of lectures and pracs and um, kind of like tutorials. It just didn't make sense to me for the first kind of six months of uni. And so I've always been someone that likes having my own system of doing things. And working out a system took me a, a while because I, 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 for me, for example, I need to know um, for lectures, I need to have a notebook here for my troops. I need to have a notebook here. I need to know where to put each thing and just understanding how the course works. It took me a while. Um, and so I found that a lot of the time in first year, um, I, I had really top notch notes for some things and just absolute shoddy ass notes for other things. So it wasn't, there was this lack of consistency. It was very haphazard. And the other thing was, um, so yeah, I, I guess yeah. I just wish I knew what the structure of uni was like, so I could better develop a system out of it. Because I went into it expecting high school, and I got nothing. It's something that was completely not like high school. Mm. So I guess the, the first theme or theme or tip here is create efficient study systems, and it is degree dependent. But the universal theme is that I noticed is leverage your time in efficiency. So in high school, it was very much you created all of your own notes and you determined the quality. But when you go into university, due to the sheer pace of content that you're learning, it's actually more efficient to use someone else's notes, use the lecture slides, and focus on importing those into your own notebook or PDF or iPad and simply annotating that. And I found that a huge efficiency improvement in my study workflow. Mm. How about Mm. you? You're, you're definitely right, Prithi. Um, going in, I used to be the kid that sat in, your, sat in the lectures and actually took down everything the lecturer said. Uh, I, I think it took me to the point where what, then I realised, it took me to the point where I just stopped taking notes um, at, at my lectures. I, I, I purely went to uh, my lectures to find out what I needed to know. It was more, the, more so the gap filler for me. So I would, the lecture was more so a preliminary introduction into a topic, say we're studying um, cardiac physiology, for example. Um, going into this lecture, I would sit there, whatever the lecturer said was kind of an introduction to that topic. I wouldn't expect to be a master at it coming out of the lecture. I wouldn't even expect to have a substantial knowledge of it coming out. But to me, it was kind of a taster. Uh, then using the lecture slides, I think I would open up a textbook or I'd open up a YouTube video, something that it could explain this in a bit more detail. And 
just watching that YouTube video on the side, I'd quickly jot down maybe two or three pages worth of notes, nothing more, nothing, nothing significant. It's even if you read my notes, they're very conversational kind of notes. They sound like someone's talking to you. Um, so that used to be my system. I, I stopped relying on lecturers to teach me my knowledge. Rather, I just relied on them to tell me what I should know and give me that introduction. But I thought the onus was more on me to become more fluent in that topic. So mm -hmm. that's where my after uni work happened. So after uni, I would come home and I would sit there and make sure I polished up on whatever I learned that day. And my system kind of followed that every three to four days, I would pull up notes from three, four days ago and I'd read them again, just as by reading, just in a, in a room or on my commute to uni or whatever, it would just be a quick glance at my notes to keep the knowledge fresh in my head. Mm. So, and I found that was a system that really, really worked for me. Instead of relying on my lecturers to teach me knowledge, just give me an introduction, tell me what I need to know, and let me further that and better it for myself. I felt I learned that way better. Yeah, no, Sunny, funnily enough, that's very evidence-based. So one of the key things you mentioned was the teachers give you an introduction to the topic. And that's so important because you can't cover all of the concept in one go. So usually what I would do is I'd supplement that with videos by Khan Academy or a bunch of other YouTubers. I was really heavy in the YouTube slash medicine sphere. Osmosis, for example, was really good for that as well. And what I found really helped me was I always had little jumps when I mentally went through a concept that often didn't make sense between topic A, topic B, point one, point two. So I found saying it out loud, teaching other people, or literally talking to myself as I'm going through the notes really helped me. So I self taught in that sense. I would teach myself out loud and that ironed out any discrepancies I had. And I feel like that's universally beneficial no matter what you learn, what stage you're in, whether it's high school, uni, et cetera. Now, the second thing you mentioned, Ali Abdul did not sponsor me to say this, I swear, but the two most powerful learning techniques in the world is active recall and space repetition. And that's pretty much what you mentioned, Sunny. How every three or four days you said you go through that topic again, and it might just be a little skim. But the power of skimming that every three days, then four days, then five days, then week out, etc., compounds. And that piece of content will stick with you for life if you're able to be disciplined and consistent in that spaced repetition. Sure, for sure. It's it's, it's a very simple thing. You, you and I both know this. The longer you, the more you try to recall something, the more you strengthen those neural pathways that link, you know, in your brain, the more your brain becomes efficient at accessing that information. And you'll find that, you know, as you get older, uh, and this is, a, this is when it actually hit me, as you get older, you start to forget things you used to know. And the reason being is once upon a time, that neural pathway, in your brain was really strong because you access that information again and again and again. But as you grow older and you no longer access that information as actively, your brain starts to prioritize other neural pathways. And it doesn't really, that neural pathway that you initially used to remember isn't strong anymore. So trying to access that again requires so much more effort and more repetition again in order to recreate those pathways. So that's why it's just so important that once you learn something, you just keep hitting it, hitting that, just activating that neural pathway again. 
And like you said previously, that can just be something as simple as skimming over your notes for two minutes. But every time you're skimming over those notes, you're activating that pathway in your head. So your brain is keeping that knowledge alive. Mm. Some of our viewers might, might be thinking, well, what the heck is active recall actually? And just to define it for everyone, active recall is when you retrieve information from your brain without any prompts. So if there is no information laid out in front of you and you can retrieve that information from your brain. So it could be covering your work, saying it out loud and checking, for example. It's a very simple form of active recall. Better forms of active recall include test taking, right? When you take a test, you're actively recalling information. And hence why tests have been integrated, although we don't really like them, they're very beneficial for improving your learning. Now, I guess another big misconception about spaced repetition is that you don't need to revise every three days. The logic behind spaced repetition is you go through it once in a very short time frame, and then every time you revisit that topic, it should be in a consecutively longer time frame. So the first time could be once every two days, and then it can stretch out to once every six days, and then stretch out to once every two weeks, then once every month, and then once a year is all you need to integrate that information from your hippocampus, which is the side of your brain short-term memory, into the cortex, which is where it'll be stored potentially forever. Yeah. Yeah. 100% right there, Prithi. And, um, and another thing I want to quickly touch on here is um, the importance of learning concept, understanding your subject. Um, you know, a lot of, I've, I've come across heaps of people that, you know, will say, oh, medicine, you just must be, you just must have a really, really good memory. And that's why, you know, like you can get through medicine with a really good memory. And it's like, yeah, you do need a great memory to be in medicine. But um, I think one of the concepts that falls short here is the importance of actually conceptually understanding your, your subject. Um, I, I think I would, I would much rather conceptually understand one topic than by heart a hundred. So um, what are your, what, what's your take on that, Prithi? Yeah, hundred percent. So, so far we've gone through some very important points. We've gone through creating efficient study systems. So that depends on your degree. And we spoke a bit about study techniques. Now, part of this study technique is active recall space repetition is when you're learning any content, you should be learning from first principles rather than memorizing. Now, luckily for me, I'm not the smartest bloke, but I have some decent memory. So it's kind of helped me and I've been able to leverage that skill throughout medicine. But generally what I found is memory doesn't work when you're asked to revisit a topic from five years ago that you might've crammed in a first year exam. What does help though is first principles, knowing the underlying foundation behind that concept. And you can simply ask yourselves the same questions and finally reach the answer to the concept you've been investigating, for example. So I think learning from first principles is so important. What do you reckon? Yeah, definitely right. Like um, I've, always, I've always been a firm believer that if you do know conceptually what this topic is about, you understand this topic in and out. It just means that you might not know the exact, like for example, if you were to ask me uh, the definition of something, I can't tell you the textbook definition, but understanding that that textbook definition is irrelevant. If you understand the knowledge behind it, the con concept behind it, that's what's going to make you efficient at your job in the future. It's going to make you an efficient teacher, practitioner, lawyer, whatever degree you're doing. 
it's going to make you efficient at that job if you conceptually understand it. So um, one thing that I've always thought is, and speaking back to our degree in medicine, is that every single topic, although it's taught separately, so it's cardiac anatomy, physiology, pathology, uh, biochemistry, whatever, mm. it's all taught. It all refers to the same organ. If, if there is something wrong, it, physiology refers to how it operates normally, whereas pathology refers to what happens when that physiology goes wrong, right? If you can understand your physiology and anatomy well, you understand your pathology well, it just makes sense. So if you can try and approach things conceptually, you will start finding links between your subjects. And it just means that you acquire a broader understanding, a more applicable, a more transferable understanding of things rather than just learning a textbook. Agreed. Agreed. So that's the importance of first principles. I guess study systems find out how to efficiently do work for your degree. So what I found again is notes, importing other people's notes, leveraging your time. And we spoke about active study techniques like active recall, space repetition, and learning from first principles. Is there anything you want to add regarding the whole study aspect of things before we move out into broader university? Um, the last thing I'd like to say is um, work together, guys, work together. Um, your degrees, whatever you do, your degrees are stressful. Uh, the pace is, um, you're moving at such a quick pace. I remember um, the whole, all the content that I learned throughout year 12 biology was taught in one month in med school. So <laughs> it, 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 it is moving at a substantial pace. And work together, guys. Don't be secretive about your knowledge. Don't be secretive about your notes. If you've got something to share, share it. Because chances are you're good at something, but you're not so amazing at something else and someone else might be. But if you can leverage each other's knowledge, you can both be good and performing at your best. I know one thing we used to do back in med school, Prithi, is um, around exam time, we were all really, really good at one area, but there was another area we all sucked at. So what we'll do is whatever notes we've created throughout the semester on a specific topic we were good at, we would post that up on our group Facebook page, our med, pa med page, and everyone else would post out notes that they, they thought were, they were really comprehensive. Another thing we would do is just within our friendship circles, uh, I, was, I was usually, um, I, I, I had a knack for things like pathology and microbiology. So I would, but I, I sucked at anatomy. So I would, I would get a good mate of mine who was good at anatomy but wasn't uh, still uh, needed needed a bit of gap filling here and there with micro and i would teach him micro and he would teach me anatomy and the thing is we worked together so that he was able to maximize his marks and his understanding there and i was able to maximize mine so work together guys because you're all in this together you're all going to be working professionals later uh and you want the best possible professionals out there um so there's no harm in sharing that extra piece of notes or sharing a bit of knowledge or sharing that extra resource you found. Yeah. So I guess, I guess what Sunny's ultimately saying is don't be a snake, you know, <laughs> <laughs> for, for men, it's really good because there's no ranks and everyone passes. Everyone wants each other to pass. We're all meant to be altruistic people, which is true for the most case, I guess with some <laughs> other degrees, there are that there's that relative ranking, which they use. And in those cases, I guess you pick that degree. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the journey that's, you face but yeah right, i guess it is that's, a little bit battle. dependent but ultimately definitely 
work as a team, it'll ultimately help everyone out. Yeah. 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 One and, thing and I, find, I guess, yeah. I was just saying, you'll find that working as a team, ultimately at the end of the day, you end up with a stronger knowledge base out of it as well that you wouldn't have had if you were working by yourself. Mm, it's a synergy. That's what it is. Yeah. Prithi, you're saying sorry to cut you off. No, 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 no. I was, <laughs> uh, I don't want to use explicit terminology for this because you might have some high school viewers and all. But one thing I want to say is F false productivity cues. That's one thing I, I am not a fan of. So people that say to be efficient, you have to be an early morning bird or you have to go to all your lectures in person or you have to start uni at 9 a.m. when the lectures are there. I tried that for a year and it stuffed me up because I was not a morning person. I really remember going to lectures and falling asleep under the misguise that I was a productive person. What I found was the second I stayed home, took my time, I went through the lectures at my own speed, I could pause and play the videos and annotate, I retained so much more knowledge. Mm -hmm. So just, yeah. yeah, find your own productivity groove and don't fall for the general you know, myths or general conceptions about what it means to be productive. Find mm -hmm. your own groove. Speaking of that, let's move broader into university. So what is some general advice you give yourself outside of the studying sphere now that we've kind of nailed down the key points there? Mm. One, one thing that I was um, really grateful that I did early on in med school um, and early on in my degree was just getting involved. Um, I, I thought that that brought so much more to my university experience, not just from a, oh, it's cool to chuck on the portfolio, it's cool to chuck on the CV kind of, uh, aspect not that it's just it just made my university experience more enriching it meant that I had other things outside my degree to look at like uh, I, I I got involved with sporting teams I got involved with um, you know a lot of like med associations and committees and I just had that that balance outside of medicine which I thought if anything it, it, it helped me perform better in my degree in a in a really weird way so, um, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say um, I was really glad I got involved in things and I'd encourage everyone to just make the most of your uni experience. I'm not saying go join an association specific to your degree. Just do, do, do something that's outside of your degree that still keeps you and enriches your experience. What do you think on that, Prithvi? hundred percent. When I, when I first, when I was getting into uni, I was like, you know, I'm going to do all of the society stuff. I'm going to join the food society, dog society different university <laughs> cryptocurrency societies. <laughs> but when I actually started first year, I became a bit of a skeptic. I was like, you know, I'm just going to focus on me going to exercise, doing medicine. That's it. That's done. And I thought about why I would want to join a society. And it became increasingly apparent through time. There are three big reasons any student would join a society, make friends and connections slash relationships with others which makes you happier to upskill on personal things, soft skills and technical skills could be Excel analysis or it could be teamwork. Mm. And finally to make a social impact. And I really vibed with all three of those things, particularly social impact. If you think about it, we as students usually lack money, but we have time and what we have is brains. So what we can do is work together towards some socially net positive cause. And you often do that in societies, whether it be fostering or improving the culture in medicine and among the medical school community, or it could even be something which I did, which was consulting for not-for-profit 
and charity organizations. And I found that so fulfilling. I remember we did six-month projects with a team with like-minded people who were all about making a positive impact, making friends and upskilling in the process. And uh, the society was called 180 Degrees Consulting. And I did a whole year with them in fourth year. And I wish, really wish I did four years with them because the amount of social impact I would have been able to make in that sense would have been much larger and amplified compared to the one year I spent in fourth year. So in retrospect, 100% agree with what Sunny said, double down on society work, but be selective about where you want to put your energy. You, you'll find that um, there, you've got your own specific niche that works for you. And this is an amazing thing, like even within my degree, where, where, like, where everyone that I go to med school with is going towards the end goal to be a health professional of some sort. Um, but our interests are so varied. We've got some individuals that are part of the DEA, so it's Doctors for Environment. Um, you've got some people that are part of rural, rural kind of work or people part, part of global health organizations. You've got, within the same degree, you've got people that are part of societies that are so kind of different in their work. Um, and I think it just speaks to the fact that just because you do the same degree as a couple of your other mates, it doesn't mean that you have to be part of the same societies. You, you've got to find your own niches, what works for you, what interests you, even between Prithvi and myself. I've always found that things like policy work and um, uh, like uh, writing policies, writing, doing change making, advocacy, that kind of works for me. But, and that's what I, I kind of excel at. I love doing that kind of stuff. But right, if I told Prizzy to sit down and write policy now, he <laughs> would hate me. So, no <laughs> not available <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, and but Prithvi still found that he's got that amazing skill set of his, and he's found a way to incorporate that in a society and contribute to that society in his own unique way. So, really look into yourself and find what works for you. Definitely, hundred um, percent. Yeah, yeah. So I, guess, I yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I guess one thing I want to talk about next was apart from extracurricular activity societies, just the general aspect of being more than a student while you are at uni. I guess one of the biggest traps that a lot of students fall into is when you ask them what they're doing, it's simply university, studying, and then maybe a bit of work on the end. And it becomes that binary or dichotomy that dictates their entire identity and character. And I would implore all of us to look at being more than just that. And I guess one way I did it was I'd always ask myself, what am I good at? What do I like? And what does the world need? And I'd always just brainstorm it like a Venn diagram. Sonny, have you heard of an Ikigai before? No, I haven't. I haven't I've actually never done one. It's, I think it's Japanese. It's one of those Venn diagrams and each one has a different heading. What do I like? What am I good at? What does the world need? There's a few others, but it's always, I feel life goal is all about finding that overlap. And when you do, you'll be happy with what you do. The work becomes play and it makes a net positive impact in the world. And yeah. you're right. You're, you're right. Like thinking about it, those are three questions we ask ourselves going into uh, any kind of career. You know, th these are three factors. If you look back at it, that make your working experience the best. You know, if any one of those factors is kind of misplaced, you know, what am I good at? You know, if, if you find something you're not 
uh, you you don't find yourself good at, you're still not going to be able to contribute as effectively. Or if you find something you're really good at but have no interest in, you'll find yourself lacking productivity, lacking the motivation to be there. You know, these are like three questions we ask ourselves maybe unknowingly and maybe just putting it on paper or putting it, um, I don't know, uh, kids these days are taking notes on iPads. So uh, (laughs) even if you're putting it on your iPad, these are questions that we should be asking ourselves consciously more than just unco- uh, just on the subconsciously. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add, Sunny? Um, I was going to say uh, a, a thought that kind of hit me was, um, and, and, and I know we're taking a little bit of a back step here, but um, even joining these kind of societies and these kinds of organizations, it means that you get to develop and uh, develop these kind of skills that you wouldn't really get to develop, say, just within your degree. For example, in my kind of policy work and work that I've done with organizations, it meant that I've, it's me, it means that I've looked at budget sheets, I've looked at financial planning, I've looked at things like international exchange rates, international law, that kind of stuff that doesn't even relate to my degree. But these are, you'll find these are skills that make you more than just a student. Um, so going back to that point where you want to actively look at ways and not implore the audience again, like we said before, to look at skills that make you more than just a student and in a future more than just a professional of what, whatever degree you're doing. So in our case, more than just a health professional. I, I had a good mate of mine that was doing a, um, a business degree. And um, he, on the side, he made sure he, in his spare time, it wasn't part of his degree, but he sat there and he learned how to code. He learned how to code like every single language that he get his hand on and coded for. And I, I once asked him, I said, um, but dude, this has nothing to do with your kind of profession. You want to be, you know, some kind of banking guy. What does coding have to do with this? And he's like, you understate it, but coding has a, a, a part to play in everything. And if you've got this extra skill, you don't know someday down the track, this might be an advantageous uh, skill for you to have. It might make you more employable. It might mean that you might be able to contribute more to your own field. So just because your degree doesn't teach it, just because always be on the hunt for how I can develop these more skills. I know, Privy, this is something you do as well um, in your own ways. For example, for, for for those that don't know Privy that well, this guy, even when he's sitting at home, he's always finding something to do, something to better himself. I, I get snaps of Prithvi sitting there learning how to tie knots of things on silicon kind of models. And it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. You, you're, you're bettering yourself in a way that's just being more than just a student. And tomorrow it's going to make you a better professional because of it. So mm. I think, yeah, it goes back to that same theme of ours to just look at those ways where you can better yourself. That's just not part of your degree. But it's just something else because one day you'll find that that extra skill you learned that wasn't part of your degree is what's going to make you that irreplaceable contribution to your your field. It's going to allow you to contribute more back into the field, bring it back and enrich that field, take it further. And that's what takes you from replaceable to irreplaceable. Wow. I, I really like that. I vibe with that. Don't be, be irreplaceable. I think that's the, the consensus or the key point here. And I guess what we're talking about is every new piece of information you learn or skill or habit that you develop is a, is a dot. And 
every new piece is a subsequent dot. And sometimes we can't really fathom where these dots are taking us. But what you realize is when you learn new skills or habits or general things you enjoy, it creates a path that you may not be able to fathom, but it opens the surface area up for new possibilities, new pathways, growth, and finally decisions that you could have otherwise never have made. And I guess the analogy here is Warren Buffett made this one. And it was, in life, you will get a finite number of opportunities. And some will be incredibly crazy, do not miss opportunities. And you building skills, networks, doing things that make you more diverse, makes your bat bigger so you can swing and hit more balls. And the balls are the opportunities in this analogy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, look, we would all want a bat that's like, you know, like a, a big car, a wooden plank rather than just a little <laughs> stick. Um, so, um, no, I, I, I think, yeah, this uh, it's perfect analogy. These kinds of skills open up your interface to the world to be able to better yourself, to be, be able to make full advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess leading on to this, this is about more your network is in university, you should actively look, I don't know about actively, but you should be looking to get five friends, or a, a group of really close friends that will always push you to grow and improve. And I find mm. the circle you put yourself in will dictate your baseline effort for work, for what you work on, how you work and who you work with, which are huge determinants to success. True, true. Very right. And um, speaking even on just network as well, one thing I've realized coming through uni, of course, scores are important. Your grades are important. It's good to do well. But I found that coming into uni, one thing that kind of maybe is equal to your grades or even trumps it is the people you know, your network. That's what carries you throughout your, the rest of your degree or your career in, 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 later on. It's about who you know, when you know them. So investing in a proper network and a diverse network is really important. Um, so yeah, do take the time to try and meet new people from all walks of life. You don't know when you know, that person might come in handy for you professionally. You don't know when that friendship is going to you know, really help you out in a time when you need it. So even just investing time, and like I said, you do really meet these through people like societies and that kind of stuff, but just investing time and building a network rather than just thinking about your grades is quite important. I think it's still an important skill. I'm not saying don't do well at school, but make sure you do have time for these kind of extra things. Yeah, I can literally name with one hand the people who have made huge impressions on me I literally go ahead and name them, you know, Fayed. I remember he, one of my medical school mates would always ask me in the first three years of uni, mate, what do you do outside of just medicine? And for the first couple of years, I would almost feel attacked. I'd be like, wait, what do you mean? I do medicine. What else is there to do? Medicine and gym, right? But slowly pushed me to be more open and consider so many other things outside. And Taj, you know Taj, right? 
oh, not a medical student. He, he's the epitome, embodies being more than a medical student. He's always searching for new opportunities or diverse career pathways. He's the one that got me into social impact consulting and making change for not-for-profits. And had I not you know, had a close relationship with these people, I would have never opened myself up to these decisions and opportunities and getting out of my comfort zone. Yeah. There's no, so many sure. more. If I didn't name you, you know, I can name so many more, but those are just two that came to my mind. I'm sure, Sunny, same for you. You'd have so many friends who've who really helped you grow and create new opportunities for yourself. Yeah. And it's also just important, just to, on a well-being perspective, for me to have people around you that are both, and I found uh, as I went through my degree, having friends that are within your degree because they understand your pain, they understand the struggle you're going through because they're going through it with you. The um, pain, the struggle. <laughs> People can <laughs> stop trying for medicine now, Sonny. <laughs> Look, I'm not trying to dissuade anyone, but you know they understand the hard work. They understand what you're going through and they're there to push you and they're there to help support you. But it's also equally important to have friends outside of your degree. I've, um, it, it took me a while, but uh, eventually... Once I kind of got to third year, I started realizing the benefit of having people outside of my degree because to realize that there is a world outside of medicine, there is a world outside of your degree, you know, that just brings so much more balance to you, gives you so much more perspective because sometimes you'll find, and this isn't just for medicine, this is for whatever degree you do. If you spend too much time in it, it consumes you and you stop realizing that there is a world outside of this. So I think in order to foster better mental health, in order to better foster a, like a more enriched life, make that effort to make friends outside of your degree. It, it, you might learn a thing or two by sitting with your mate from engineering um, or sitting with one of your mates from law. Yeah. I guess there are two big misconceptions which I've always wanted to dispel, which is med school is not crazy hard. And honestly, looking back at how it was for me, I honestly wouldn't even say it was hard. I would say that a lot of other degrees can be harder than medicine. It simply is the content and the sheer memorization aspect of things. The other thing I would say is there is a beauty to every single career. And I'm only starting to realize the beauty of economics is not just money moving to richer people, but to study and analysis of human decisions, for example. And I'm starting to see the beauty in so many other facets of life and industry and work, coding, engineering. I have a computer science friend who showed me how amazing decentralized systems are, how amazing it is to develop cloud services that improve technology and the transfer of information and the storage of data. And I think all of that is so cool and it's changing and shaping the world. Definitely. So I think it's really good to put your feet in other spheres as well and immerse and understand that information and also dabble in it, try it out. It's, it's, yeah. It'd be so cool for a medical student to learn coding or a medical student to learn social media advertising or design, and it will make you that much more irreplaceable. Definitely, definitely. A key message here, um, having those extra skills outside make you that irreplaceable person because we can produce... Look, and, and I remember you and I talking about this, Prisby. If you at one point in first year said, I don't want to do this degree, there's literally a million people out there that are ready to take that position. And they, at the end of the day, will become, a, uh, they'll be a med student and they will be a doctor. Exactly what you would have been. However, having these extra skills that 
you bring into the profession that are so uniquely you. It's not because this guy did coding, I did coding. It's no, I have a joy for this. So I did it. And you bring those skills back into the profession that makes you so uniquely you that trying to find another person out there that is exactly like you is an impossible task. Amen. Amen. I honestly think that is the huge message. I feel like if people forget everything in this podcast, that would be the key message. hundred percent. For yes. sure. And, and I think, um, you know, uh, moving into a bit more of a, a wellness kind of thing, maintaining your health, both mentally and physically is so important throughout uni. Um, make sure you do set aside that time for yourself to go to the gym or go to that rec sport or go to that social sport, whatever it is that you find. What do you do? What do you do for your mental health? For me, for yeah. me mental health is having those strategies where I, I, my, mine is that I, 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 I like to journal when things are getting too much. I have a journal with just my thoughts on things. It can be the most random things, just a journal of my thoughts on life and contemplations kind of, um, you know, just a random thought. Like I, I might be walking past uh, uh, a beautiful sunrise and I might want to journal that down be like, this is my thoughts. This is what was going through my head. I find that really supports my mental mental health, just putting things down on paper. The other thing is I absolutely love music. It, like listening to music, discovering new music, that is just something I like to do. And my music taste is quite diverse. So making sure that I, I, I have that kind of outlet where I can just sit by myself for an hour just listening to music, not doing anything, just listening. The other thing is I found, especially in recent times, um, my physical health has an impact on my mental health. So if I'm physically making the effort to go to the gym or go, mm. to, um, go, 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 go play some sports, some team sport, it means that I'm taking myself outside. I'm getting those endorphins released. I'm able to interact with people, make friends at the gym, make friends at rec sport, whatever. Uh, it means that Physically, I'm improving myself, but it's also got its own mental impacts on me as well. So, yeah, the, I think if I was to narrow it down to three things I do, it would probably be, yeah, journaling, um, do a fair bit of journaling, and it would be music, and then it would be gym for me. What about yourself, Rizzi? Well, I, I was jotting this down, just preparing for this, this podcast, and you actually introduced a whole new topic, which I, I never really directly acknowledged which is music music really helps me as well i feel like it it's a whole vibe do you know when you're feeling down to listen to some some khalid or some <laughs> <laughs> just makes you feel better definitely and when you're at the gym for example pump up music i feel like it definitely does shape my mental health my main pillar that saves me this is it's not really free therapy but it costs me 16 bucks a week and it saved my backside regarding mental health it's gym honestly the routine the progression the improvement and i don't even care about looks anymore it's literally the process of going there banging iron coming out and it's scientifically proven that it boosts endorphins and dopamine and it makes me happy on top of that seeing friends especially my close friends my close circle of five six definitely music 
as you said. So very similar things. Yeah. Mm. And you'll find that it just, just making yourself a priority um, is, is so important throughout uni. Yeah. You, it's important to do well. It's important to take on everything that we've just said and even more because there's definitely things we haven't covered, but taking on all these kinds of things, it is stressful as well. Making yourself the priority at the end of the day is so, so important. And how you choose to do that is up to you. But at the end of the day, making sure that you are looking after yourself, you're listening to your body's needs. If your body is in pain or is hurting somewhere, you are paying conscious attention to it and you're, you're, you're taking steps. Because one thing that someone actually, if, funny enough, it was, my, it was my barber that told me this. Um, and it really hit me. I was like, wow, that's, that's a really cool insight. I remember, I remember him saying, look, what, what we as humans do is we're so hustle bustle. We're running around. We're trying to take care of other people. We're trying to listen to other people, deal with other people's problems. The thing is, we listen to so many people around us, but we forget to listen to our body. Whenever your body is unwell, if it's hurting physically or mentally somewhere, your body has a way of telling you all it takes for you is to pay attention to it. And if you look after your body, it will look return the favor tenfold. So just take that moment every single day for at least five minutes to just check in with yourself and see how you're doing, how your body's doing. Is it because your body does a lot of work to support you to perform every single day? It's important for you to pay attention to it. And at the end of the day, if you find it, and then another thing my barber actually said was, that's why I spend an hour by myself every day at the gym. That hour is my time. No one disturbs me. I don't take calls. I don't, I don't message people. I don't check my socials. That one hour is to me and my body. That whole time I'm in my zone. I'm reflecting. I'm getting in touch with my body, mind and soul. And I'm using that time to better myself as well. And that's what really helps my mental health so it's not just going to the gym because everyone will go to the gym but it's you know going to the gym and seriously being in check with yourself it's not about did i make big gains today did i get the six pack i'm after it's have i actually properly taken this mind soul body experience here it's very process based that's right that's i guess that's why i exercise now completely right social basketball also definitely helps me and one thing i also wrote down here is daily positive affirmations now i don't mean going into the mirror and then and then you know writing and saying everything you feel grateful for what i do is i have a sheet and on that sheet it is one time i just wrote down every single thing that i'm grateful for and things that make me happy so i'm grateful that i still have grandparents some of who are alive and love me. I'm grateful that I have a sound mind in a healthy body. I'm grateful that I have ambition. I'm grateful for a healthy family, small things like that. You often don't acknowledge in what you said was this pace of life. But when you can pause and reflect on those things, there's a free dopamine hits that make you happier. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. You mentioned that. Yeah. It's, uh, I have a friend of mine that has like a, um, she, she, she says, uh, my biggest asset is probably not the money I have, but all these positive things that have happened in my life. So she's got a affirmations piggy bank. And what she does is every time she remembers something great in her life or something positive, she writes it off on a little piece of paper and she puts it in this piggy bank. And whenever she's kind of 
uh, feeling a bit down or has a bit of a, a gloomy look on life, she'll pull out this piggy bank, just whip out a small slip and she'll open it up and say, just as a reminder that this is something she's still got in her, in her life to feel positive about. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting you do mention Ground that. your perspective. I always thought it was like an Instagram girl thing, which I think is the biggest BS. It's a everybody thing to practice yeah. gratefulness and especially to write those things down. And it might seem like a vulnerable experience, but it's made me so much more happier in the long run. Yeah. For sure. So I think at the end of this podcast, if you if you take anything out of it, I guess what I, uh, Prithvi and I are talking about is making the most of your university experience through, you know, getting involved, being, having, well, firstly, having efficient study techniques, learning your concepts, um, making the most of your time within your degree, being, uh, really taking the chance to appreciate your subject, but outside from it, being involved, getting a network together, you know, getting involved with things that are outside of your degree, developing those transferable skills that, again, make it irreplaceable to your, make you an irreplaceable contribution to your profession. But finally, taking that time to also look after yourselves, you know, taking that time to check in with yourself and be that best version of yourself. And it goes back to that one message that we all, that we, you and I talked about at the start of this podcast, that you and I both wanted to really advance by the end of this podcast series was um, self-actualization. And that's what it comes down to here actualizing yourself in every sphere of life. And if you take anything from it, I think it can be summed down with that one word. Your uni, uni, uni experience should be centered, or centered around self-actualization and just having that enrichment. Right, exactly, exactly. Being average is dangerous. Don't be replaceable. Regarding study, use efficient study techniques and study systems. Yeah, I think those are the key points that we're trying to really push down here. Yeah. Find and, your uh, circle. Yeah. That's something we also discussed as well. Yeah. And yeah. take care of your mental health while you're at it. Right. Yeah. I guess one thing I want to talk about was how do you segment your life, especially when you're at uni? What categories did you have that you'd kind of tick boxed to track whether you were going down the right path of your bigger picture of yourself and your purpose in the world? I think for me, it was every so often, it would be because like, like I said, you get so caught up in the hustle bustle of things that you forget to realize how far you've come. I think for me, it was every so often taking that step back and seeing the grand scheme of things, seeing, okay, I've done this. I've pulled off this. I, I did this. Um, I, I got in, involved in this society. I published this paper. You know, just taking that step back to appreciate what you are doing was also the reaffirmation I need, needed that I was on the right kind of path. Because let's be honest with me, it's uncertain. You know, we can, we can talk about sitting here being, you know, I want to be this, I want to specialize in this. But Prithvi, you and I both know this is uncertain. It's a very uncertain future. You don't know where you're going to be a year later. You don't know where you're going to be two years later. But if you want a bit of a gauge at where you are, whether you're going in the right kind of path, all it takes is to take two steps back and reevaluate, just see things on a broader perspective. And this is an analogy I'll tell you is if you're on the ground, you're envision, I want you to envision yourself, and I want our viewers to do this too. Um, envision yourselves in a busy street 
let's say in the middle of in the middle of Manhattan, New York, yeah, you're Rose. you're in you're <laughs> yeah, you're you're in Manhattan, you know, you're busy bustling street, people running around Times Square. Let's say that's even better, Times Square. You know, you're you're everybody's running around. It's busy hustle bustle, and I say. Um, I say, in, imagine a hot air balloon comes down and, it, yeah, and I say, look, jump in. You guys jump in this hot air balloon. You're going up, 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 up. And slowly, slowly, the, the, uh, the sounds of the cars and the horns and the people chatting, it starts to slowly disappear. You slowly go further up and things start to appear smaller. Those big buildings in Times Square start to appear so small. Um, now. What eventually things become so quiet, you look down from above and you start looking at Times Square, but it just looks so calm. Now, the, the what's changed here? You haven't changed. Times Square hasn't changed. The people in Times Square haven't changed, nor has the hustle bustle. The only thing that has changed here is your perspective. And that is what I use actively to try and see if you're on the right path. If you're sitting in the hustle bustle of your life trying to see whether you're on the right kind of path, you won't be able to evaluate it. Take two steps back and change your perspective on it and you'll be able to get a gauge. Am I actually on the right path? Am I happy? And it applies for everything in life. Perspective is important. Definitely. I think that's something everyone, including me, I've never heard of that analogy you can take home, which is whenever you're stressed, whenever you feel like you're not meeting your goals, whenever you feel like you're caught back in the whole rut of city live for university exams jump on the hot air balloon get the perspective yeah yeah and i think that's part of practicing gratefulness how far have you come so far and i'm sure each and every one of our listeners has gone through a lot has grown a lot and has learned a lot and can reflect on all of that yeah 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 for, for sure. me personally the way i kind of segment my life is I like to, I, just, I wrote this down as well, which is I like to have something for my mind, something for my body, something for creativity and something for wealth. And I guess on the last note, the wealth is not there because I want to be rich and greedy or anything like that. It is simply because I think the most important asset in life is time. And the way you can buy and own your time is to make sure that you never have to work for it hour by hour. And so wealth creation and that process gives you opportunity, number one, to influence the way capital moves around in the world so that you can proceed and actually execute your cause. And second, for freedom in that you have complete ownership of your time. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I totally agree. And I, I think um, you know, there's, a lot, uh, there's a lot, obviously, that we haven't covered here. And definitely, if there's something you feel like we haven't covered, I want you guys to let us know. Definitely chuck a message through to our Instagram or uh, send us an email. Um, it's the Medic Filter uh, on Instagram and even our email, the Medic Filter, all lowercase at gmail.com. Chuck us an email, chuck, chuck us a message, um, and really want to know what, what, what things are working for you guys at uni. For, 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 for those of our viewers that are, have been at uni for a couple of years like us, What's been working for you? And for those that are starting, talk to us about your concerns or uh, things you're expecting, things you're excited for. We want to hear this stuff. So I'd encourage all of our viewers to get involved with us and uh, share your thoughts and perspectives. Definitely. 
Definitely. Yeah, there's so much we haven't gone through. I've, I've actually jotted down a few points of the episode. We haven't gone through actual learning about wealth creation, investing slash business, or the two to three things that you want to double down, be consistent at, and compound investing in relationships and experiences. There's so much to this, right? And I, I guess so I alluded to this. We can do a part two, a part three, whatever. But for I guess sure. we can wrap it up by maybe you and I, but discussing what we do for ourselves in terms of mind body creativity and wealth so sunny did you want to take it away what do you do for your mind body and creativity mind body creativity such a broad topic really um and i feel like we could make an episode on just that alone but um (laughs) what do i do for my mind my mind is something and i remember saying this to someone else my mind is something that needs to keep going it needs to keep moving if i find that the more I don't use it, the more I don't stimulate my mind, the more it, um, it, it feels numb. It feels like it's unable to process things. And this is kind of from a very, very, very close friend of mine. He will often check in with me and say, usually, you know, you know how your boys' chats work. They're like, oh, look, I made this gain in the gym. I did this or did that. Oh, I lifted this. I lifted a new, I hit my PB. But it's... um. This is my one unique friend that would always keep me accountable and say, Sonny, what are you doing for your mind? When was the last time you read? When was the last time you learned oh, something new? Um, I need this guy in my life. <laughs> Good friend. And yeah, he's, a, he's an amazing friend of mine. And he, he, would, uh, he would often say this. And at times I'd, uh, I would think, um, yeah, actually, it's been a solid one month since I've actually touched a book. I've actually read something. Um, and so it would always almost be this way of reminding myself that I need to give myself that stimulus um, to keep learning something new, to get my hands on something new. Um, and that's what I need. That's what I do for my mind outside of obviously the mental health aspect of it, taking care of my mind, but making sure my mind grows. Um, recently, something I've really gotten into is trying to understand how cryptocurrency works. Um, and uh, we can, uh, obviously, we can make a whole episode on that alone and passive income. But um, I think even just learning, sitting down, learning, or something as simple as um, pulling up the paper and learning what's going on in the world is a really, really cool way to keep your mind engaged and stimulated. So that's what I do for my mind. We're talking about body. Um, It's taking care of it. Going to the gym and going to go play sport, I find is, is, is one of those important kind of ways of taking care of your body. Uh, look, I'm not, uh, and I remember telling you this, Prithi, as well. I'm, obviously, it looks nice to make gains in the gym, but um, I think at the end of the day, I want a body that can functionally support me running around in a hospital, Prithi, like we do, running around rotations, busy men, student life, whatever. It's, it, 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 it puts an enormous strain on your body. And if you're not working functionally in the gym in a way where your body is able to return and best support you whilst you're on the front line. It, 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 it's doing yourself a disservice. So um, I think body-wise, that's what I'm doing. But the other thing is I, I figured even small things like developing a skincare routine, it really helps. Mm, like, nice, nice, nice. It took me years to set mine up. No, I'm, I'm very, very much about that grooming. Yeah. Yeah, it took me years. I've always dismissed it, always dismissed it. It's only something that's happened in the last kind of year for me where I actually started going skin, out. And, mate. You're, you're, you're on the lucky side of things. <laughs> oh, you're too nice, bro. But um, 
no, I, I definitely just started investing in a skincare routine because I thought, oh, you know, um, I've, I've always had drier skin. So I thought, you know, I'll just start by one thing. I'll start moisturizing. And then I thought, why don't I actually give myself, wash my face like every evening before I hit the hay. And then it kind of just built into something. And I started realizing that these are those small ways where you show your body that you actually care. And it's important that you do that. Um, and if we're talking about creativity, privy, it's things like this, podcasting, um, doing and engaging in things like this uh, means that you've, you keep those creative juices flowing. Um, it means that, you know, um, uh, journaling or writing, I love to write. I love to write articles. I love to write, uh, learn, share my knowledge. And that keeps my creative juices flowing. Um, so, yeah, I think this is what I do personally to um, keep that mind-body creativity going. What do you do, Bruce? Yeah. So I guess for me, it's very hard to fathom everything that I'm doing and putting in perspective. So I had to actually type this down to understand it. Now, when you're talking about mind, I really vibe with that reading. I love reading. Particularly autobiographies are really good because they get to understand and learn the stories of others, which I'm super passionate about. Also, I really like reading fiction books takes you into a whole other world at the same time i really like learning things from stage one i feel like a huge from this is from a student standpoint a huge barrier to learning new information is students are often climbing a mountain whether it be it medicine engineering and it's often very confronting or daunting to start from scratch and climb an entirely different mountain, whether it be learning about businesses, investing, or whether it be coding. And I feel the student that has the ambition to actually go ahead and do that will really come out in terms of making a huge impact on the world. So what I like to do in my spare time is also learn a lot about how to understand businesses, economics, and also a bit about video design, video editing, photography, lighting, Adobe Premiere Pro, all of that is super cool to me. I tried coding for a couple of days. Wasn't my thing yet, but I, it is something that I've kind of bookmarked to learn a bit later. Sometimes I dabble in instruments, taught myself a bit of fur release with, my, with playing piano. That was fun, but mainly it's just video editing, lighting, photography, YouTube, podcasting, drawing, reading, that keeps my mind stimulated. For body, social basketball, love it with my team, high school mates, also going to the gym, just like you, Sunny. Creativity, you said it, two words, YouTube slash podcasting. It's super cool. I love that it gives people a platform and a voice to tell their story. And I honestly think each and every one of our listeners, if they made a podcast, I would be interested in listening to it because every single person has such a unique story that you don't otherwise see superficially. Mm. Yeah. And I, and I love the fact that like each podcast as well is so geared towards what is so interested to you. Like I, I listened to a podcast called the Bruce Lee podcast run by Bruce Lee's daughter. Um, and you told me about this. I still got to check it out, but I'm super yeah. keen to, yeah. And, and every episode is talking about his philosophy. Like, Bruce Lee was more than a martial artist. He was a philosopher um, and he had a really cool outlook on life and they would literally take a quote of his and break it down for a whole episode. And I thought that was so unique. Like it gave us so many more perspectives and the beauty of having Bruce Lee's daughter on the show meant that she would give a very unique perspective because she knew her father personally. And 
she knew his his philosophy on a on a on a level that probably I wouldn't be able to interpret. Um, and it was the beauty of it was having her on the show to give her side of the perspective. Um, so yeah, like I said, um, every person's podcast is so geared towards their interests that it's actually really cool to learn and bounce that knowledge off each other. It's literally one of the reasons I picked medicine. Every day I, I get paid to learn the stories of other people. And I, I would love to always do that. And hence why I also want to travel. I feel like every single person is so interesting, multifaceted, 100%. Now, from the wealth point of view, I guess this is what's taken up most of my time. And this is kind of why I'm kind of in a blackout uh, period with YouTube. And I haven't made too many videos. I've had to really focus on the business side of things. So as some of you might know, I recently started a, a teaching startup, an educational startup with a few really close peers of mine. And it's been going great, but it took a lot of effort to learn about marketing, social media, to learn about financial accounting, management systems, to learn about resource creation, teaching, doing the actual teaching, sourcing, renting venues. All of that was a whole journey where I really had to decide, did I want to do all these things and put them on my plate? And I guess the really great thing I had was my goal this year was to make sure that I earned more than a doctor before becoming a doctor. And the goal of that is I can now start thinking about practicing medicine because I love medicine rather than ever having to ever work for money. And the second thing is down the road, Sonny, you know, let's say we're 60 years old. If we want to start a charity or a not-for-profit foundation or a hospital, capital gives us the capacity to do that. So that's the journey right now. And super happy to say it that I guess now I'm at the point where I don't, I won't have to work for money, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, that's something to be extremely proud of for the, it's an achievement that, you know, is so uniquely you and it's something you're so deserving of. And it's not something that everyone can sit back and say at this age uh, and at this, this early on in their career. Um, it's something that I'm inspired by as well. And I remember telling you this, I just do not know how pretty you have 24 hours in a day. I think for someone like you, you need 48 minutes. No, I procrastinate a lot. I literally I have a very addictive personality. I procrastinate a heap. But I guess the thing I'm very proud of is I get into the flow state. And when I get into the flow state, time flies. It's like a, a blink of an eye and I've somehow done much more work than I can conceive. Mm. Yeah, my, in terms of wealth creation on my end, mine, nothing as impressive as Prithvi's, but um, no, I... It's all I, relative. And, and look, in the end, we're all going to be financially comfortable. It's, it's not really even that. It's just, yeah, you were saying? Yeah, mine, is, mine has been um, a lot of... Uh, look, uh, I love... And for those that don't know me, I wanted to be... Um, and it's very, very weird, but I wanted to be... Um, a, a weird in the sense that the transition was really weird, um, but I wanted to be an investment banker before I came into medicine. Um, I I loved everything I about the stock that. market. Mm. I loved just understanding the way it worked. And like you were describing before, just economics, it's a study of human thought. If anything, it's actually macro psychology. Um, and just understanding how so many things can affect a global market. Um so what I started to Elon do Musk started- tweets. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, go. Elon Musk tweets literally change cryptocurrency prices 
Remember how he just he tweeted Doge and <laughs> everything went to crap. <laughs> to the moon up <laughs> 20%. <laughs> um, so as it's amazing saying. how something as simple as that can change a complete market. And one thing that and I was telling a friend of mine the other day how interesting it is that if you go to a vegetable market or you know your local um, your local butcher's market or whatever, right? It's amazing how People think the stock market is really like fancy top shot guys in suits and all that. But principally speaking, there is nothing different to a vegetable market to a stock market. They work principally the same way. And understanding a market economics is something that's been quite interesting to me. So wealth creation wise, something I've always been kind of involved in is just looking at stocks to invest in. I've got um, a bit of money in the stock market in a couple of ETFs and that kind of uh, thing. Uh, I did a bit of CFD trading for a bit, um, just out of quarantine boredom. And now I'm starting to learn crypto. I've, it's something that I'm a bit late to the bandwagon, I have to say. But um, I'm just trying to understand how this market works. And um, one of the, te- and I was telling a mate of mine, how I initially started trying to understand how the market works was I, I bought, I put in, worth of crypto into a really, really cheap coin. And I I, I just wanted to see what happened with that $20 over a period of a month. And that could give me a bit of a gauge for the market environment. How does this market fluctuate? What happened to it? What happened to the 20? Uh, It's still sitting somewhere at 22 or 21, somewhere like that. There's nothing substantial. I've probably gained enough to go get myself a soft serve. (laughs) (laughs) But um, if, if anything, I'm just using it as a little bit of a guinea pig to learn about the market. And I just find that interesting to do in my own time. Um, uh, and that's probably the, the, the only kind of wealth creation platform I have myself, apart from, you know, t- taking up, you know, summer work, my, my scholarship. That's it. Nice. Nice. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I feel like there is so much to learn and still continue learning about investing. I haven't done CFDs. That's pretty, pretty impressive. I usually stick to largely ETFs, but also some individual companies that I spend a lot of time looking into. So yeah, yeah. that's really cool. We'll, we'll talk about that in another episode, but for sure, Sonny, for sure. I guess we've, we've gone through all the key things. huh? I reckon, reckon? that's a wrap, Prizzy. I reckon that's a wrap. Yeah. I guess to summarize everything we've gone through was create efficient study techniques efficient study systems around active recall, space repetition, learning from first principles, apply yourself in extracurricular aspects of university, primarily for three reasons, upskilling, friendships, and also making a social impact. Don't be replaceable. So we've gone through all of that. Find your circle. And we went through all the different facets for improving your mind, body, creativity, and wealth. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Sonny? No, I think that summarizes it pretty well for me. Nice. Well, I guess for our viewers, take care of your mental health, practice gratefulness, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Stay tuned for another episode. That's a wrap.